You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast, comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. How's everybody doing this week? Of course, I'm doing pretty good. Remarkably, so, remarkably the same as I was doing that uh, last week. My uh, keep whispering. My lawn boy showed up, mowed my lawn. Hmm, trying to make make me look bad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can only get him to come once every two weeks, so I've been looking pretty rough for the last week. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I didn't. I was gonna say. My my lawn care man said that you can't let a yard go two two weeks. You, you won't be able to keep it mowed down. You gotta do it every you're, week. You're his bitch too. You gotta flip that. Man, I feel right at home. <laughs> oh wow. No, I'm, the boy invited me over for some grilling tomorrow. Mm, nice. We're going to watch. I know we watched this before, but he, he bought Flashpoint Paradox or something. We hadn't seen it for years. I was like, I remember not liking that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to watch that tomorrow. And, hmm. uh, so how is it over there all by yourself now? Oh, nice. <laughs> Sorry. To- <laughs> Pretty. <laughs> It's pretty, pretty great. I was ex- illustrating all the things that were nice about it while he was over here tonight. <laughs> and no one has shushed you this evening? Yeah. <laughs> no one. I'm upstairs. Yeah. Um, Not in the basement. I, That's a good start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick was standing there eating all my Reese cups. And I was like, you know what? I thought I was able. To, I've been able to leave those out for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'd. I got all the freaking ice cream bars in the box. I didn't didn't have to. It was yeah. funny is what started it out. He was complaining how some his girlfriend's been eating all his microwave pizzas. I was like, <laughs> nobody's <laughs> eating mine. <laughs> it's great. Oh, how so the, the turntables have. Turned. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> the tables have turned. It's pretty so. sweet. I get the I get the front toothbrush spot. Mm. I get the towel in the back of the bathroom door. Yeah, you're so living in luxury over there. I'm finally getting what I paid for over here. <laughs> yeah, one day I hope to be out of the laundry room doing this and yeah, <laughs> back in the regular house. Yeah, nobody's shushing me. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, we'd, yeah, planned, pretty sweet. we'd planned on doing some uh, talking about some comics so in the last episode, so I figured we better do it, at least do it in this one. Let's do it. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> What's up in the comic world there, Jordan? I can give you a Fortnite update if you're interested. Oh, heck yeah. <clears throat> so, Fortnite uh, issue two was out. When was the last time we talked about it? How long has it been? 
uh, uh, fortnight ago. <laughs> so here it is, two weeks later. We recorded the week issue one came out. I was still a little frazzled. Uh, so issue two has come out. I'm not feeling good. I'm still, still not feeling good. So a couple of the second printings of number one arrived this week as well. But again, I only ordered a handful because I didn't know how many I was going to need. And the orders were locked in, but I didn't order many. I'm like, I do not have enough of these to go around for all the people who called and emailed and texted and stopped in last week. Right. Well, funny thing, not a soul has asked for a second printing. Wow. So I don't know if people gave up, found them online. I don't know what. But they, they nobody came back looking for that second printing. So now I'm starting to panic. Have I ordered way too many of the later issues? I ordered way too few of the first few. Had such high demand, I ordered a whole lot of the, the issues five and six <laughs> and all the second printings of one, two, oh, and three. Yeah. And now I'm like, I might get stuck with a lot of, a lot of these. Like, <laughs> You're going to be playing Fortnite. You'll have all the freaking bells and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> Comic shop owners across the country are invading Fortnite. Yeah, we're going to be all the cool costumes. <laughs> And they sent me an email this week of like an FAQ. Basically, what's a Fortnite? Like, they kind of explain here it is, you know, three weeks too late, but they kind of explained here's what Fortnite is, how popular it is. Here's what these mechanics are that these codes are downloading. Here's why people want them. And it was like a, a basic primer on the very concept of Fortnite. And again, it's like that, that would have been nice a couple weeks ago. You mean. But, like the uh, all the people they fired at DC that would do jobs like this to get them out to comic book shops ahead of time. Well, that's one of the articles. Helpful? That's one of the articles I read this week that was kind of blaming all these firings from DC. That these were all people with industry experience and connections to all these shops who used to be your inside source of information. Who would you know maybe tell stores. This is going to be a big one, or you know. So, this is kind of the first thing they're blaming on Warner Brothers slashing senior executives and and all these positions, uh, you know. And, and this could the flop could be partly in due to that because there wasn't as much communication between shops and DC. But they they announced uh, the hardcover collection will come out in September, collecting all six issues. And it will have all seven codes in it as well. So if you can wait till September, I, I found that kind of funny of like, you know, all these people will be strutting into Fortnite in September and people will be like, well, you're wearing last year's fashion. Get out of here. Like it'll be it'll be a, a, a old news by then, maybe. But if you if you want to just wait and get the hardcover, you will also get the codes with that. If you, if you have plenty of patience. Hmm. Jordan. Yeah. What is the Fortnite? I got an email I can forward you. <laughs> uh, so another, I, uh, I, I mean, I'm just thinking as you were saying that, like it, you said you haven't had anybody come in for issue number two. Do you think it was just such a, like a bad experience for all those Fortnite players with the not being able to get the first issue? I mean, they're, they've just given up. That's what I, I don't know if they, they just decided, well, it's not for me then, or 
they again maybe they found it somewhere else, uh, some other shop or some place, or they paid the exorbitant eBay mm. prices or something. I, I don't know. Hmm. But, well, uh, that's... issue issue three is the one with Snake Eyes in it, so I'm guessing if anything can pump up demand, it's Snake yeah. Eyes fighting Batman, right? Right. I'm just curious, like the reason for the buying of the book was it to actually read because they were hyped for it, or was it just because of the code? I th- I think a little. I, just anecdotally, my own uh, my own uh, experience, it seems like it's the code. Because several of the phone calls I got were just like, hey, do you got that uh, book with the skin in it? <laughs> yeah. I need the skin. Like, nope, I got one with blood in it and one with a... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't hoard all the skin for yourself. Speaking of uh, super popular things, you remember Spawn? Heard of him? I do. Spawn is blowing up at the moment. Uh, sales on the regular book the, uh, issues have gone up to six hundred percent of what orders were before the pandemic. Spawn is now a top five title. Whoa! He just wow. set a record. Uh, one of the action figures made three point five million on Kickstarter. I did see that. I've had several people add it to the poll list. They're hearing this buzz about what's going on. And a lot of it, you know, it just hit issue 300 a couple months ago. So that there was a bunch of people about that. And I've had people like they're trying to, you know, I stopped collecting at issue 50 or I stopped collecting at issue 100 and they want to, they want to see what they've missed. So there's, there's old fans going back to it. And there seems to be new fans wanting to check it out. I've had a couple young people, uh, because he he's been on uh, one at least one of the video games I think Spawn was a character. I don't know. He I, was in Mortal Kombat. I think. Was in Mortal Kombat. So yeah, I've had. Yeah. A, I remember a younger kid got to know him through that and came looking for the trades and wanted to know more about him. So yeah, it's uh, it's a little wild. <laughs> Compendium came out recently. Yeah, collecting the first I think fifty issues. 50, yeah. Yeah. And then I heard like he was expanding it to like three titles. There was going to be one that was like Spawn Universe yeah, or so something. That's, uh, this 2021, he's calling it the Year of Spawn. Tom McFarlane is creating a shared universe of comic creators. He, and he thinks that can uh, it can rival Marvel and DC. Putting together multi-characters into an interconnected universe, just like the big two. Um, and his quote was, the simple question is this. DC Comics started a shared universe in the late 30s. Marvel Comics began theirs in the in the early 60s. So can lightning strike a third time beginning in 2021? I personally do not have the answer to that question right now. <laughs> but the only way to get an answer to that question is make the attempt in the first place. So the idea, like he wants it to be, you know, it's going to start with Spawn, but he thinks other creators and characters can kind of add to it I guess kind of like the early image universe where it was all kind of taking place in the same area. But the first couple launching, uh, it's going to launch with a one shot called Spawn's Universe in June. And then that will spin off into the regular Spawn book on August. King Spawn number one in October. Gunslinger Spawn. And then later in the winter, The Scorched is a team book of uh, like spawn supporting characters so i don't know i i todd mcfarland is a huge success he's been very good at you know very good at what he's done over the years so i don't want to immediately count him out but 
I don't know. I, I would never have bet on a Spawn revival. And again, we got uh, movie, you know, movie rumors constantly and a movie in the works. So that's another feather in his cap. But they're calling 2021. It's the year Spawn. So get on board, guys. But not the year that a Spawn movie comes out. Right. So how's that the year of Spawn? <laughs> it's the two years of Spawn. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, I just saw a book announced that I'm pretty excited about okay. coming out later this year. It's called All the Marvels. And it's by Douglas Walk, W-O-L-K. He is a writer, a critic, a journalist, and a teacher. And he was the author of Reading Comics, uh, won an Eisner, just a prose book about you know, uh, the mechanics of comics and, and how they are read. But the, the subtitle of this book is Mutants, Monsters, Monarchs, Mystery, The Beginning and End of the Universe, and 27,000 Superhero Comics. So this guy read every Marvel comic. 27,000 plus comics over 60 years. Half a million pages of interconnected story throughout the decades. And he wrote a book about it. So he's looking at kind of how stories changed in that time and, you know, what were the important factors from the sixties till today and how that parallels American history and our own pop culture and the, all the patterns and, and what that, you know, how, how these reflected our hopes and fears throughout all these decades. So I, I, that's the kind of stuff I find fascinating. So I think, I think that could be a really interesting book. Yeah. I like reading that kind of stuff. You're not gonna read that. This I'll is a book. The audio version. I'll listen to the audio version. Oh, okay, that counts. I'll, uh, I'll uh, audible. Only if I'll it's like read it. by Rob Liefeld. Yeah, and it's super extreme. Extreme. That's right. At the tail end of the episode, you you mentioned you finished Stan Lee book, right? Yeah. The, yes. the, there's a new biography about Stan Lee that I. Again, I thought I thought sounded really interesting. There wasn't just, I mean, there've been a hundred books written about Stan Lee, but a lot of them seem very Excelsior. Here's the story of the man who created the world, that kind of thing. And this this one seems a little more journalistic and uh, even even handed, less the myth than the actual. See, it was very fact checky. Like it was, it was basically like, here's what was said. Well, here's what was actually happening at that time. Here, so and so, this, you know, it's very, you know, just trying to stick to the reality of what was going on, which was good. It was, it was interesting, but it didn't, it, I wasn't like super surprised by anything. And I also, it wasn't, didn't seem like a big takedown of Stan. So it was, it was a pleasant read. What was it called? I don't already freaking forgot. True Believer. That's what it was. True Believer, yeah. It was good. Uh, I read that. What's that? Explain that Marvel series that I bought the first issue of. The Marvels. The Marvels. I, I had a hard time. I'm very good at... Uh, I could be a blurb writer for a living. Because do. I've been doing That's it... What, mm-hmm. I've been doing it for 15 years. I send an email every week and, and just in a few sentences, I can tell you what a book's about. I had a very hard time with this one because it, 
I still not sure I can quite explain it, but it's it's Kurt Busick, who is a a famed writer, has been around for ages, and is a you know, very much a superhero writer. He's he's never you know he he, he he's uh that's his genre. You know he loves superheroes yeah. and he, he's not he's out to deconstruct them. And yeah, he's he's a quality superhero writer. And he's a continuity nerd. He loves the little details and all the characters that maybe only appeared in a couple issues and whatever. So this idea, it's an ongoing series, and it's basically, he said, from the beginning of Marvel history till the future, this is a story that encompasses everything. And we're going to have big you know, marquee A-list heroes and random new heroes and a few really uh, overlooked heroes who appeared years ago and have been forgotten so he wants to tell one long continuity heavy crazy marvel universe story that sci-fi this you know in this day they're in out in space and this day it's a crime story and in the back alley somewhere so it's just his chance to play in the marvel sandbox and they seem to be trusting him with just doing whatever he wants and kind of tying in loose strands of continuity throughout the year so i i again i don't know how to i don't know how to say that very uh, short and succinctly but that's that's what it is to me that's pretty good i read that first i like that i mean go ahead and pull it for me i better say that because i know i picked up the last copy that was on the shelf of the first issue so well you actually didn't oh you pulling a fast one <laughs> because that there were a bunch of first appearances in that issue and that's one of the hot spec books that week so i was only putting one out at a time oh okay you don't want somebody to come in and buy them all yeah, which is what I, I would, wanted. To do. I would prefer someone who wants to read the book and get it. I, that's just I'm I'm a bad retailer, but that's what uh, I was going to say, Jordan. Let me give you a little tip when it comes to you know selling books and and making money. <laughs> don't care about who buys it; just take he's, the money. He, he's well, a, actually, he's a horse I, of a different color. I I've been reading when there's been a crackdown on that, like the explosion with like the baseball cards or football cards, whatever sports cards they were, or whatever that retailers were like starting to crack down and like limit things and like there's a this whole speculation crap is is killing. Yeah, freaking! I every time I go the mattress place, Cliff's only got one mattress out at a time yeah just whatever one i want to sell i put that one out <laughs> i'm like no sells, i want like five of them because there's a no, p one at there's a time a, there's a damn p that is driving me crazy <laughs> <laughs> the poo bar and the p <laughs> <laughs> the next kapow theater <sighs> <sighs> No, I'll give you I'll I'll give you an inside tip here. If there are any speculators listening who are buying comics as an investment, the last DC no, catalog, they're not worth. Anything. Yeah, they will not make you money. Now, the last DC catalog started having a logo on all the books that had first appearances. It was like a big arrow, like new new character, new villain, first appearance, and one of the covers for a book coming out next week literally has on the cover first appearance of blank whoever it was so hmm. the, the the companies have caught on that you're out there buying tons of first appearances and they're starting to put out tons of first appearances to boost sales so yeah. they've, they've they've caught on so you're you're uh, you got maybe try a different first trip. appearance of bubbles the mailman <laughs> trying to think what else i was reading uh lock and key just came oh, out 
Yeah, that was good. Lock and Key, Sandman, Hell, and Gone. <clears throat> it's just two issues. Is it just the second one's not even solicited yet? So I don't even know that, when the they, second one comes out. I, it blows my mind how fast they turn those around, though, because I, I don't even think he's done drawing it. But as soon as they finish drawing it, they print it and put it out. You know, it's it's so fast. But uh, the second one's going to be like 84 pages or something. Uh, so that will finish the story. But it ties into that first issue of Preludes and Nocturnes. Um, so it's just about... It's basically tie, like that. The previous uh, miniseries was... I am totally blanking on what the name of it was. In Pale Battalions Oh, Go. yeah. In Pale Battalions Go. It was like where... Uh, one of the, you know, the family, olden times, family lock that lived in the house, uh, the boy wanted to go use the keys. They had all the keys. He wanted to use them to uh, stop the Nazis or whatever. And they um, ended up coming back to the house. They came through the anywhere door and he, I think he, he like, felt so bad his mom got killed and he felt bad and like used the anywhere key to go when the titanic was sinking and he drowned or something and so in this story his sister is trying to go to uh it's a tie-in with the whole you know sandman and uh hell and all this so basically she's trying to go get her brother back so in some way so she meets up she's trying to go talk to sandman while he is trapped in burris's basement in that first sandman story so it's really great it's where it's really good i like yeah i i liked it and it, it didn't do anything to alter sandman's continuity or anything so it's not it's not like a retcon of anything but it, it just it fit pretty nicely into the the, the established universe yeah so yeah, looking forward to that second one. I don't know when it's when it's going to come, but probably next couple of months, I assume. We also had a, a our, our area author James Patrick had another book drop, Prison Earth. Ah. Uh, it's basically a four issue series that they just released as a graphic novel. So there's just one one shot story. Oh, okay. It's just eleven ninety nine. So it's a nice, nicely priced. Uh, yeah, price is graphic right. novel. Yeah. Um, the artist is Ricardo Fascini, and the co-writer is David Winkler, who he it was originally a screenplay, and this is the guy he is a producer on the movie of uh, the Creed movies wow. and the the Mechanic series with Jason Statham. So he he's a Hollywood guy and had this big sci-fi action horror story as a screenplay, and hired James and his company Twenty One Pulp to adapt it into a graphic novel. Oh, okay. So, so that is now on store shelves with my name in it as co-editor Ooh. of my, I get a professional credit. Nice. For Very catching nice. all his, all his spelling mistakes. <laughs> hey, you're a good editor. Uh, let's see. It's good stuff. Of course I read the new, was reading the new dragon age miniseries. Those are always good. If you like that. Um, What's the what's the newest thing? What's the Squadron Supreme thing? 
that is called Heroes Reborn by okay. Jason Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. It is seven issues. I believe it's weekly. Heroes Reborn, and then there's an eighth issue called Heroes Return. So it's basically an eight-issue miniseries. Um, Blade wakes up. He's the only one who knows something's weird, and there are no Avengers. So they, they didn't find Captain America in the ice. Uh, Wakanda is just people have never really heard of it. Tony Stark is still an alcoholic you know, weapons developer who never went overseas and got right. injured. And the the world's heroes are the Squadron Supreme, who are yeah, the Justice League type characters in the Marvel setting. And ooh, they have a little here. bit more ooh, pretty. Got the squad Michael. Their their brand of justice is a ooh. little more uh, severe. That's so <laughs> shiny. Know, they they will they will take out threats. Yeah, you know, they don't they don't leave threats uh behind bars to escape and, and cause problems again. So uh yeah so just so what you're saying is they're they're like the authority before the authority pretty much yeah i was asking those questions about you know violence and uh and how 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 severe our, our heroes can be yeah i was flashing around the squadron supreme omni uh, i i am not i'm not uh supremely educated in them I, I've, I've read you know some stuff with them in it, but i don't remember the whole deal and this just has just their stuff you know i know i haven't read some things about mark grunwald lately and i always loved his cap run and stuff and he he did that marvel encyclopedia i got and uh just like knowing ha- having read how important that this squad supreme was to him you know i was like well i want to i really feel like i need to read that I would I would get this series, but it's like I haven't read this yet, so I don't even it won't do anything for me yet. yet. Maybe I'll get the trade or something. But it's it's a very uh, Age of Apocalypse type thing where like yeah, you know, yeah. one little tweak, change, you know, it's everyone loves that in a comic story of like oh yeah, diff, everybody you know Doctor Doom had you know in this first issue he he steals the Crimson Gem of Sidorak, so now he is like. Juggernaut, juggernaut doom yeah. basically yeah, with his mysticism so like it's you know tweaking all your favorite characters into exciting different ways so that's what that's the, always, get that's ready always. that's the next three years of marvel yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh because it's it's namesake is 25 years old the original heroes reborn mid 90s the first issue came with a 10 pack of trading cards you could pick up for free so that you get some retro trading cards with your with your heroes reborn the last book i had was a fun little one shot called star wars war of the bounty hunters oh yeah i was interested in that yeah oh i think i did see something on this and and forgot about it yeah it was a nice one of those that's right up our alley filling in a blank yes universe there so the the four star wars monthlies right now star wars bounty hunters darth vader and dr afra are all taking place post Empire. They when they kind of all rebooted, they all are taking place in the same timeline. Uh, you know, Luke just Luke just found out Vader, Han just got frozen. So it's it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a very fertile storytelling time. Yeah. Those years between Empire and Jedi. Yeah, so I, that th- has already been covered in 
extreme detail yeah. with Dash Rindar <laughs> and, <laughs> and Prince <laughs> Prince whatever his name yeah. is Zizor Zizor yeah Zizor yeah. yeah I'm just kidding go on <laughs> so this one's going this one's nailing down even more microscopically okay. um it is but yeah it's so Empire ends with Boba Fett walking out with Han Solo and the idea of this story is before he could get him to Jabba word got yeah. out that Solo's on the market and people are going to come for him basically mm. so job uh, so and a little bit like the Mandalorian he's going to have you know he's he's trying to get to Jabba's palace but he keeps getting interrupted on on his trip there right and so there's going to be this was just uh, a one shot kicked off the story that was Charles Soul writing and Steve McNiven on the art and then there's going to be a mini series called War of the Bounty Hunters that has Luke Ross on the art. And then that's going to tie into all of the other four uh, issues or all the other four titles. So there's one main mini series and then all the other stories are going to have that same idea of people looking for Han or trying to stop Boba Fett or mm -hmm. something in that in that uh, brief timeline. Hmm. hmm. It does sound interesting. It's yeah. all of that though. All of that sounds good. It's just I can't I can't buy all that stuff. Like I, I am interested in all of those. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's tough. All it'll have all the bounty hunters from Forlom to Zuckus. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee that both of those suckers. Man, you're are... you're pretty good at writing blurbs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee they are the ones in there going after him. So yeah, there are then there are, there are one shots. There's a Bosque one shot, an IG88 one shot, a Job of the Hut one shot. So yeah, yeah it's there. It's all summer long. We're gonna have Let's the world of bounty hunters. Yeah. <laughs> but the big thing from this Alpha issue, uh, he he he's in a black, an all black Mandalorian suit. He has to go. He's mm. like this. Yeah, people recognize this suit, and so somebody give him some, like. Some so if I paint a special... black, nobody. Yeah, he, so he spray paints it. He like he goes snake eye style and spray paints it all black. So it's the exact same suit, just. No, it should have been a silent issue. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, oh, more toys. Wow. Yeah, exactly, a lot of variant uh, toys. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm going to move on here. Did the <laughs> comics. Well, since we were just talking some Star Wars, we got to talk a little bit, at least about the first episode, because some of us didn't watch the second one yet, of The Bad Batch. Oh, throw me some Bill Murray in here. Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Some Bill Murray. You just did it. Yeah. You just did it. You just put it in there. You didn't even know it. Oh. Okay. Star Wars. Star Wars. Ah, so, yeah. The Bad Batch. They call themselves the Bad Batch. Will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. 
Yeah, premiered t- on May the 4th. That was the big deal on Star Wars Day this year. So, yeah. Uh, you you mentioned that you weren't excited about this, but but now you're into it. Yeah, I when they were in the final season of the Clone Wars for a couple episodes, I thought they were fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but did not. I felt they were pretty generic. And I still think like their names are pretty generic. Yeah, I have a yeah. problem with think? the names. Yeah, they're not Star yeah. Wars names. They might as well be like Zip Zap. Yeah. Uh Tough Guy. Uh <laughs> you know, it's just like that, you know. But yeah. but I will say that they were fine then, but this first two episodes, and you guys have just seen the first, I won't spoil anything. Yeah. I'll say that the in these first two episodes, I had the same reaction I did when I watched when I the beginning of Rebels. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, was I within one episode, I was totally into this group. Yeah, like one episode is all it took for me to be invested in this. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, because the first episode was really good. Uh, it started off with that very traditional. Um, you know, we see the Clone Wars in the red, which was something they started uh, w- with the last season of Clone Clone Wars, going from the yellow to the red, yeah, yeah. signifying the Empire coming, and then that burns away to the Bad Batch yeah. uh, logo, which I thought was pretty cool. And then we get the traditional Tom Kane voiceover, which really surprised me, um, because unfortunately Tom Kane had a stroke a few months ago. Right, and it, that pretty much ended his long voiceover career. So this must have been something he had recorded, you know, some time ago. Hmm. Um, now I haven't watched the second episode. Is he in the second episode? I don't even voiceover. Know. I don't didn't didn't notice it. I don't remember. But the award goes to D. Bradley Baker. Like, not enough credit is given to this guy doing the clone voices. Yeah, like, he is. Excellent. He is a, a king, man. That guy is killing it. Yeah, I, I there. I swear, I don't hear enough to accolades be, for this to do to do that to like, do that many characters so differently, but yet they all sound the same. Yeah, it's uh, great. Mean, yeah, He's great at what amazing. he does. So, um, in the first episode, uh, like I said, overall it was great. There was a little backlash, a little retconning from the Canaan comic book that had come out um like a couple years ago that kind of the canon canon yeah the canon canon um <laughs> that it had told part of the story you know what happened to him and his jedi um depa balaba she yeah. was in like she was in some of the you know uh seen in the prequel movies the live mm-hmm. action um, but it kind of, it told one story, but then this kind of gave a different version of that story. There were some, some differences. I don't, I don't know what the version in the comics was. The, the, um, I kind of looked it up the, uh, in the original comic, um, when she order 66 happens and the clones attack them, um, it was, it was a story where it took place. I remember the- when that happens on Kashiki. Yeah, Kashiki. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, but when that happened, it, it went from from like day to night, going fr- from the comic to the to the show. Uh, her lightsaber changes color from the comic to the show, and uh, those were the big noticeable like Star Wars nerd was. You know, so that seems weird out. that they would not. Well, it's, it's cover gotten, the, have those details right. It's gotten a little backlash from people, you know, still pissed off about Disney doing away with the EU because they couldn't keep it all straight. And now they're saying, you know, oh, look at Disney. They're doing the same thing. They're not paying any attention, not keeping all their ducks in a row. Now they're retconning. So it's got some gotten some criticism. I'm whatever with it. I mean, it's not to me, it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. Well, I don't. I haven't read that stuff anyway. But uh, I think it was a mistake to ever just say that all the comics are canon and all this. Just like, I do too. George, just like don't don't bother saying George, that. George don't make was, promises you can't keep. <laughs> right. George had said at one point, you know, it was made a big deal that you know, well, the the shows and the in the in the movies are canon, but everything else is just entertainment. So. uh so if you want to get with George, price of admission, George, folks, <laughs> it's all worth it. If you want to get with George Lucas and stick with what he said, then then <laughs> just do that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's basically an Order sixty six plot, which is a great kicking off point where we get to see what you know. That's the why this Bad Batch is created is so they can tell this story that they've already told a little bit with Rex right. and stuff. And now they can say, Hey, what, what if a whole group of them or almost a whole group of them is, is unaffected by this? What will they do? And I love, I just love the stuff with crossfire and mm-hmm. all that. And then whoever this Omega is, if this is someone I'm supposed to know, it is. Don't tell me what I've never, I don't know what this character is supposed well, to. Well, I, I certainly have a theory. Um, well, I don't want to hear it. That matches a lot of other theories out there. So yeah. yeah, I'm sure there is, but right now I'm, I'm still pure. Okay. I, I don't know what, I don't know what so it is. According to the show, all we know is she is a female clone. Yeah. That's that's it, and that we know that we know that. I mean, I'm not naive enough to not think there is something to it. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose for this. Cl- this clone was made. What is ultimately she's supposed to be? Yeah. Um. But she's a Palpatine. Yeah, that will be, of course, and that will be revealed <laughs> in the in the show. It's a pretty long season. I mean, it's going to go to July. Yeah. So you're going to get you know a lot of stories. A lot, a lot of stuff in here. I, the second episode was a good. It was a good episode. It's only a half hour, but it was a. It was a go to a location, tell a story, and it. But it was very, yeah. very interesting, and you know, moved the story forward. So, they, and they've done a good job um, as far as the show goes with um, uh, throwing some Easter eggs in there and keeping you know bringing up past things that happened years and years and years ago when they were originally making that Clone Wars series. Um, that bringing that back was a characters. question mm-hmm. I, I had about this is watching that first episode, like I really enjoyed and loved it too, but I almost felt like you needed to go back and watch the Clone Wars animated show first well, before watching this. Well, I had just a few months ago watched the entire Clone Wars <laughs> series and the entire rebel series to get ready for the final season of the clone wars then watch that and now this so i'm up to date but i think michael to make it to you know hit on your point i think if you just went back and watched the last season of clone wars 
you would be, be perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. but yeah, other than their, their dumb names, you know, tech and hunter, hunter. Tech. And... Tech just makes me cringe. <laughs> just, what a name. Tech. Yeah. And why does, why oh, does Hunter zip-zap. have, he's got like a full like mullet, lush, yeah. lavish hair. Yeah, I like that. I like, I like, I but, like his look. Like he's just freaking rainbow. He I, looks I, like I rainbow. Yeah. He's got the freaking knife in his <laughs> thing. I mean, he's, but, it's cool though. I just but, hate his name. Hunter. Hunter. Well, I was thinking of like the guy from Metal, Metal Gear Solid when I saw Yeah, he looks like look. Solid Snake. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But uh, why does I he lo- have all that hair? And then like tech because they all well male pattern baldness like it's because they're all they're trying to make all these guys that are the same genetic code different you know they're like (laughs) how how can they make them different that's yeah that's the neat part of it and what uh, Echo is all lobot yeah lobot cyborged out yeah you know which is cool yeah the Clone Wars as a show Filoni did a really good job of showing that the that was the that was the improvement from the original prequel movies is the clones they gave them names and personalities to show mm. that they were individuals they wanted to be individuals and then in this show at this point here they're now order 66 happens and the empire has taken you know over their brains and now they're becoming more they go by they're going by numbers and they're all uh, in sync and taking orders and they've taken away, they're slowly taking away all the personality from the clones. That is one thing I thought of watching that first episode of when uh, I'm not going to remember any of the guys' names, but the, uh, the head honcho of the Imperial, whatever his name Tarkin. was, when he was Tarkin, yeah, when he was talking about the production of the clones with uh, the people that make the clones, I immediately thought of, because he's complaining about how much they cost. And Mm -hmm. I I could see, because, you know, there's that running joke about the clones or the stormtroopers not being able to hit anything. So basically he renegotiates the deal with him and they end up giving them subpar clones (laughs) for, you know. (laughs) You get what you pay for. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, pretty entertaining. I, you know, it cracks me up in the show how how quickly everything changes because we go from like there's just all of a sudden all this imperial stuff. Like, mm. did they just have imperial stickers ready to go to slap on everything? You magnets. Know? <laughs> yeah, magnets. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, it's, it's good. It's a, it's as good as you can hope for. It's not like, oh, this is the best thing ever, but oh. you want some Star Wars content, this will scratch that ish. It, it, it's, it, it's good. And it takes, like we said, it takes place in a, uh, in a time period in Star Wars that we don't have a lot of stories. Yeah, we want to see more of that. We, we finished up the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. getting into that. It's like, we want more of that. You know? Yeah, before Luke and Leia stuff in between... Yeah. You know, in between Anakin and and Luke and Leia, so we're we're getting those stories now. It's a good thing. Yeah, I will say Disney cannot freaking lose these days with, with all the <laughs> stuff they keep putting out. I mean, seriously, it's it's yeah. all so good. Yeah. Um. Just uh, recently, they you know a couple things that Disney Plus uh, they announced Loki. Uh, the series has been moved up to June 9th. 
So they're going to release it a couple days early. Uh, just today, they announced uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion. A new, I guess it's a new Halloween special coming this fall. You know, yeah. taking the Muppets and, you know, pro- arguably the most popular ride in their theme parks, the Haunted Mansion, mashing them together and making something great, I'm sure. Pixar's Luca is coming out, Disney Plus, June 18th. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. They have a lot. They're, they just keep, you know, producing content and it's and it's all worth it. Um, I just watched yesterday, discovered that that new Simpson short um, on Disney Plus called The Force Awakens from Its Nap. Um, did anybody catch this? I, I didn't realize it was even new. I thought it was just something they were at, putting that had already been around. Well, maybe the it wasn't. It, maybe it just hit Disney Plus. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's the I first time I had seen it. But yeah, Maggie goes on a quest uh, for her lost pacifier. Um, Marge drops her off at, uh, at Jabba, Jabba the Hutt's Jedi preschool. So, and it's just full of a a lot of fun Star Wars references and and jokes in there. So, but it was good. And everybody watched the, the behind the scenes Falcon and Winter Soldier assembled. Marvel Studios assembled making of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I haven't no. watched it yet. I almost clicked on it last night, but instead I watched that Star Wars thing a couple times. <laughs> it's Maggie. interesting. I again, I don't think it was as insightful as the one they did for Wanda. Where That's they what I had heard. Yeah. so much, but um, a lot of the effects work and stunt work that was. I really love the they call it the previs pre visualization. Basically the they film stuff with stunt people and a bunch of really cheap animation that looks like a, you know, a PlayStation one video game hmm. of like how, you know, okay, he's going to punch this way and he's going to do a backflip, you know, and it's, it's all the stuff they do to just see how it flows. And they shared a lot of that, like the truck, the truck chase scene and the helicopter, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. guys with the, the, the aerial team jumping out of the helicopter. It's like to see these really janky special effects of this you know, huge Marvel thing was, was really fun, but mm-hmm. And it had some neat stuff, and they they talked directly about, you know, uh, it had Anthony Mackie talk about, you know, I'm a black man from the South, and this is my story, and like it, it you know, talking about, you know, we're gonna talk about this stuff and how the show, you know, went, you know, tackled these issues head on, and so it was, uh, again, not 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 a world of new information, but some some interesting and fun behind the scenes stuff, and Daniel Bruhl seemed really hyped. To bring Zemo back, hmm. he was like, I felt like I was just scratching the surface of this character, and I really wanted to know more about him from Civil War. So he was really, really happy to to, to and, and to get a to get a costume as well. So. Heck yeah! Uh, I've been watching some stuff. I watched a show. This, you know, I, I messaged you guys about it, but but it was on. It was finishing up on uh, like a free on Prime there, but it's a Showtime show. Second season is a, had just come out, and it's called Couples Therapy, mm-hmm. and it's basically just a um, therapist that you know does couples therapy, and they set up cameras in her office and have couples that have agreed to have their. <laughs> Anyway, it's a, a couples have agreed to, you know, talk about, you know, allow their stuff to be filmed, and they they're couples that are communicating only through text messages, right? 
Yeah. People who need to work on their communication skills. Right. Some some of them, you know, <laughs> maybe they don't hang out on the same floor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's really good. It's it's kind of riveting in the fact that it is couples sitting there saying the quiet part out loud. Hmm. And it's just like, I can't believe they're saying this. And they're being filmed. They know they're being filmed. <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, if you've ever been in any, you know, I don't know, anyone I think would be, would enjoy this, but it's just like, it definitely, you feel like you're getting therapy. Like it's just people really burying their souls and, uh, flat. Uh, it's kind of neat. One, one of the, they show the, a few different couples the first season and they have new couples the second season. I haven't seen the second season yet, but um, it's Well, if neat. they bring back all the same couples, it would prove that therapy's not working and it would right. really shoot a right. hole in the yeah. show. Yeah, they, yeah, they basically finished their therapy with her in the first season. But it's the one of the couples they show part in, dur, during their therapy Them at the in the first episode, they're, they're like, hey, them just being like, I think it's over. You know, they kind of finally come to the conclusion. You can tell she's like, doesn't know exactly how to handle it. And then they flash back and, and go through the rest of the show, starting at the beginning of therapy with them. And they like show up, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's like, and you know, at some point they're ready to break up, but, hmm. but it, what's neat is she goes and, and she has like her mentor that she goes to and it's kind of, getting a little therapy about giving therapy and just like dealing with the fact of how much control she has over their lives. And if, you know, if they, if I tell them to stay together and keep trying, is that even the right thing to do? You know, or not everybody's meant to stay together and things, but it's, it's really great. Yeah. I, the reason I'm talking about it is because I think, you know, one of the most popular shows I've only seen a little bit of it, but, popular shows with women is that 90 day fiance people watch that they're just addicted to it and watch these these couples with manufactured problems like they it is ridiculous the stuff they argue about just to get to the next commercial you know and to keep <laughs> you coming back week after week and i think what they want from that that show what they think they're getting they get in spades with this show. It's actual problems and people sinking their teeth into relationships. And it's so much more satisfying to see real people talking about real problems and not just commercializing everything, you know? So I don't know. I thought it was great. I can't wait till I'm going to get, I, I'm waiting to get a free trial showtime here when I know that I'll be able to watch the whole second season in one swath. So Hmm. It's good. I, I'm telling you, it's very interesting. They got the lady's really talented therapist, and the people are interesting. And the other thing I told you guys I'm hate watching. Yeah, I <laughs> is Friday Night Lights. I never watched Friday Night Lights. Did you guys watch no, that? That was never a did. super popular show. That was lots of people love that show. So we watched it. We watched yeah. like I don't even like football, and we watched all of it. Yeah, all of yeah. it. Yeah, I had never watched it, and I, it, you know, it just seemed. But I like sports shows, you know. I, I it, it's, I'm, I'm a cool. We got Riverdale is the perfect example of it. You got a little sport stuff here and there that makes no sense, 
and some uh, ridiculous teen drama with 20 somethings. That's, that's what this is also, you know, but I just, I was telling you guys, I realized partway through the first season that what was bothering me about it is that they're trying to improvise. It's, they were trying that new, what was popular being popularized at the time in the mid aughts was that mumblecore stuff where you have a script, but just say whatever you want, say it how you want. And these people are all terrible at it. The only one good at it, the only one good at it, and that's keeping me watching is Jesse Plemons. Which I thought is, you were going to say Connie Britton. No, she's terrible. She's one of the worst at it. She's she. They just they try to play off each other. Everybody talks over each other, and they repeat what each other's saying. Say, I'm really mad. Well, I'm really mad too, and that's why I'm. Oh, oh they just can't think of what they want to say. They're just. Oh, it's very grating. Yeah, but I, 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 I just never took the time to watch any of that show. I remember the original movie, but yeah. the show was not really anything like the movie, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it was related at all, other than it's about high school football. Yeah, it's it's not a bad show. I can see why people. It's just the, you know, it's just the whatever drama stuff people keep coming back for and the high school football you know are they gonna win the state mm. <laughs> but uh, it's just another 90210 type thing yeah and it's fine i'm hate watching it yeah it's no varsity blues <laughs> it, it it's trying several... to be varsity but it's very varsity blues yes oh. it lasted several seasons didn't it it's like five seasons i think yeah. The, the TV I watched this week was a book. Ooh. <laughs> Elmore Leonard's City Primeval, High Noon in Detroit. <laughs> this this is the novel they're supposedly turning into a new series at FX from the producers and writers of Justified. Um, and there's been a rumor that Timothy Oliphant might return as Raylan Givens, his character from Justified. So I love Elmore Leonard books, and this one I didn't have, so I, I picked it up. I wanted to see what it was about. Um, it's crime crime story about a homicide detective, Raymond Cruz, which is a problem because I don't know how you can have a Raymond and a Raylan on the same show, but they'll have to work they'll have to work that out. But it's it's very of its time. The, uh, the little blurb. Again, speaking of blurbs, when a psycho killer gets off, a lady lawyer gets pushed, and a cop gets mad, it's a showdown. <laughs> Odin doesn't so like a lady lawyer. It's a lady lawyer. A lady lawyer. <laughs> and it's very much that, like, you know, she's a tough as nails lawyer, but she's got a soft heart, and he's going to win her over. But so it's the plot's a little bit dated like that, but he's right. a good, uh, this, this detective, he's a good character, uh, hmm. has some really Raylan Givens vibes as far as like, you know, he'd rather just handle it with a shootout, you know, at the end, but uh, yeah, it was a good book. I could see it being a serialized story uh, with a a different setting justified was Kentucky. This would be, you know, inner city Detroit. Hmm. So let's hope that gets made. Michael, what was that show you were watching tonight with the women? Yes. Guys, did you know that 
there is a word that surpasses forever. It is called five ever because oh. it's for a very long time. Wow. If you actually look like I looked this up, it is actually in the dictionary five ever because it is longer than forever. But anyway, there is a Not the real uh, dictionary. no, I, I think it's in the real dictionary. Um, but anyway, there there is a new show on Peacock called Five Eva. <laughs> Gonna be famous, Five Eva. Cause forever's too short, too short. Gonna be famous together. Cause that's one more than together. So what are you waiting five? Girls five ever. And it is a joke play comedy. Um, Tina Fey is the executive producer. And it's like a, a spice group girl that had their heyday and they're trying to come back together mm. um, and, and do it over again. And the, kind of the hijinks and stuff that in happens with it uh it's also got sarah borellis um as one of the one of the five of us uh there, there, there's only four of them because what one yeah because one died you could be the fifth ever <laughs> in a uh infinity pool accident <laughs> definitely wow is this like working moms Wow, that is so. Wow, an infinity pool accident yeah. in five ever. That is so it, on, on the nose there. It's a lot of tongue in cheek humor. It, it's 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 funny. Hmm. I, I've laughed a couple times. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm enjoying it. Whatever. Yeah, I like some of those shows. End up being pretty good. Michael's on I, the I, working working moms bandwagon too. I love working with moms. Yeah. Um, I I, pre- I prepped for In the, general. Uh, yeah, I prepped for five Eva by listening to the uh, first couple uh, Spice Girl albums the other day. <laughs> I'm sad to say. In one ear. Mike, Michael, did you ever watch the show Dave? Dave. Hulu. About the rapper no, Little Dicky. Yeah, well, I watched the, the the first couple episodes, and I think I just never went back to it. Uh, we, you, we that was we, the weeks we were obsessed with that show is you were not involved yeah. at that time, and I, I was like, this is such a seemed like such a Michael show that he would love. I, I, I Michael, kept it's one of my favorite seen. shows yeah, ever. Forever? <laughs> is it five? Is it five hours? I'm not kidding. Like yeah, it season is two great. is coming up here very soon. If, if I'm, someone I'm asked me to make, to get hyped again. if someone asked me to make a list. I thought of this at one point, but I couldn't come up with a but. I'm thinking of a bunch of them, but I thought, what what would be like my ten favorite TV episodes ever, ever? Um, episode nine of Dave. Episode nine of Dave would be dangerously near the top of one of my favorite episodes of television ever. I just rewatched episode nine uh, like a week and a half ago, uh, just out of the blue. I was like, man, uh, that season two is so coming good. Up. Yeah, it's Michael, so you good. need 
course. You, seriously, in the next couple weeks, need to go back and you need to finish it. that. Go back and rewatch season one. It's not that many episodes; it's only ten episodes. It's worth it to get to to the ninth episode, and just that that is a perfect episode of television. But you you'll love it. I gotta ask you will this. love All right. it. That was high art. Oh my That's God. my homework for next episode. That's right. Oh, it's work. Yeah. Okay, we gotta go. Can I use this on my album as an interlude? Dave. I'm gonna tell you guys I finished the shield and it was great. It was, a, it was excellent from beginning to end. It's very two thousands, like I said. It's a little dated, but it's a the best cop show probably that I've ever seen. And the ultimate fate of Vic Mackey is worth watching the show for to just see what happens to this guy at the end? Like he gets promoted to the commish. <laughs> he, yes, <laughs> he has to grow back in the sides of his hair and be the commish. That's <laughs> good. All right, wrap it up. Oh wait, uh, oh, oh. last thing I watched first two or three episodes of Dick Town uh, that uh, Jordan told us mm-hmm. about. I never heard of it. I had completely forgotten it. But you, you you hyped the kid detective movie. Yeah. And when you talk about it, I'm like, that's such a perfect idea for a movie. But it was gnawing at the back of my head. I, but it's so, it's so perfect, I swear I've heard it before. And I couldn't place where I had heard that same plot. But it was a short uh, that I, I mentioned it when it first premiered years ago. And I've stuck with it. It's called Cake on FX. And every season's maybe 10 episodes. And they're all short animated things weird like uh psychedelic animation or you know very funny animation or some live action shorts each season and there's there's a lot of hit and miss but each episode there's at least something worth watching and last season it had this show from john hodgman the comedian and it's it, the character's drawn just like him and voiced <laughs> by john hodgman yeah. And that's the same idea. He was a he was a, a detective as a teenager and was really good at it. And he thought he could stick with it the rest of his life, and it didn't really work out. I like I like the very first episode. He's hired by a pre-crisis cosplayer. <laughs> uh, uh, I was like, okay, this is fun. So that that show, it was on Hulu then. You could you could yeah that. yeah. I watched the first three episodes. They're just it's that whole first ten episodes is all there is. I think and and. You can watch them all. I'm I'm gonna burn through them here. Let's yeah, I'll um go. I'm sure I'll talk about it maybe in a couple weeks here. But uh, I just caught the first couple episodes of season three of uh, Shrill Hulu uh, mm, original. Yeah. It's on 80, the front page right now. Yeah, eighty eighty Bryant uh, series. Just uh, I'm I, I'm this far into it. I figure I might as well see where how it ends up. So, and the first couple episodes were good. So she's very awkward. Um, but very funny and insightful and intelligent character. So we'll see what we'll see how it ends up. Cool, guys, we did it. We did it again. Get over here! <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, you're tough now. <laughs> you gotta oh, leave guys. the safety to green screen sometime tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the toughest Michael K. Easton. <laughs> I am Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. Death by forever. Kapow! The pop cultured podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. 
Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show kapow, the pop culture podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udamwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share.